0: gentlemen, and welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. And this is our first episode of the year 2020. And I'm sitting here with Mr. Brown. Did you have a happy new year?
1: It, it was kind of weird, you know, after this Peyton Manning surgery, I've kind of just been sitting around <laughs> doing not much of anything.
0: Well, your forehead doesn't look as big. Yeah. yeah. Although it's getting close. Yeah, I know. It's the receding hairline. So to make you feel really old, do you know that we are closer now to the year 2050 than we are in 1990?
1: <sighs> It it blows my mind that 1990 was, what, 30 years ago now? We're closer to 2050. (sighs) That's crazy to me. You know what's crazy? Are you going to your reunion this year? Hell no. 20-year reunion. Are you? No. No. (laughs) I see the people I want to see. Well,
0: we'll just come out here to the the man cave, and that's a reunion. That's pretty much what we have every year for fantasy. (laughs) So so the thing that got me, did you notice all these people on social media who are telling us that it's not really the end of
1: the decade? I seen that, and I was thinking that every not only sports, you know, programming, but every programming probably should have consulted this yeah, they, they guy before they before they did all these best of decade awards. Well, what it comes down to is because there's not a
0: year zero, so therefore they don't quantify that into the year, you know, 2010 through 2019. It really should be 2011 through 2020.
1: And I got that, but how do you have the 2020s and not include 2020? I know it's the same type of person goes,
0: you know, the Earth's not really round. So we're arguing with uh, Irving. <laughs> it's it's not quite a sphere. Okay, it's, it's close, but technically speaking.
1: And he kept saying, "Well, I'm right and you're wrong," and then those people saying, "Yeah, you know, I bet you're fun at parties. I bet your wife has a blast." <laughs> well, happy New Year to all you freaking idiots out there. Happy that, new that
0: decade. Like happy, it's a new decade, damn it. That's right. Well, we got a fun show. We got Bill's dad that's coming on the show after a while. We got plenty of NBA. We got some Major League Baseball hot stove stuff we're going to talk about. We even got some NFL because, you know, we got some playoffs going on. And, oh, yeah, there's some college football playoffs going on as well. But, really, there's only like three games in that. Either way. We're glad you stuck with us as we crossed over into a new decade. We're now on a new hosting platform. We've transitioned over to Podbean from SoundCloud, so we're hoping that does some good for us. But we're over almost to twenty thousand followers on social media. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're approaching nineteen, but uh, less than a year. We, we've hit less than
0: a year, so we are just a little little ones outside of a year. So we're about ready to kick off the show. we got a ton of topics to talk about. Let's hit it at the top.
1: The rundown.
0: So 2020 has already started and we already have some kind of depressing news. I mean, what is it about a new year? We're like not even 24 hours in and we already had like three pretty notable passings.
1: Yeah, it seems like people uh, tend to pass away either dur- during Christmas or the new year and it seems like it comes in waves.
0: Well, let's start off because we had some NBA discussion to get to. And, you know, unfortunately, David Stern at 77 years old just passed away. And, you know, I I know there's a lot of people that are kind of love-hate relationship with David Stern. But to me, outside of uh, Mr. Roselle from the NFL, David Stern's got to be up there on like the Mount Rushmore of commissioners. Even if there's only two faces up there, he's one of them,
1: right? I, I feel like, you know, he's the best commissioner in my opinion. Um, he definitely did way more good for the NBA than bad. Had a few controversies, but he did a great job growing the game.
0: So we had you know, him add teams like the Hornets, the Heat, the Timberwolves, the Magic, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, and then, oh, yeah,
1: the other Charlotte team, the Bobcats, they came back. Just don't ask the uh, Supersonics about David Stern.
0: Well, that would be on the downside of it if you yeah. want to get to the negative. Yeah. Also, the 1999 NBA lockout, that that kind of – Hurt the season, but he also launched the WNBA, and you know they're profitable now. They actually make money. They made money this year. They they've made money the past few years. Nice, they and they turned the, into an enterprise. The G League. Well, I, I don't know if the G League makes. I, mean, money. I don't make no money. I'm just saying he think, he that didn't too. make the G League. It was the DL. It was the developmental was league. Yeah, but it's it's evolved. Well, the also the globalization aspect. I mean, think about that. Stern was on watch whenever the 92 Dream Team was a thing. I mean, think about what that set the groundwork for as far as the NBA being accessible overseas to all these different markets.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he used that platform there to kind of stage the marketing on a global perspective. And I think I read that like 10 years later, you had Yao Ming was the number one pick, and then it was like the icon of the international game, and he was squaring off with Shaq, you know?
0: Well, I mean, even you want to go a little further on international players. I mean, from the likes of people like Tony Kukoc to Dirk Nowitzki to, you know, Luka Doncic that's, that's dominating now. It's, it's kind of ridiculous when you talk about the international flair that's involved in the game. It's like once the Soviet Union fell, the Eastern Bloc became the NBA.
1: I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, it's NBA's, very w- well-known in areas of the con- uh, a- a- areas of the world that was never known before. And, like, they even do that uh, African trip every year. So, I mean, they – I forgot about that. No, they do that NBA Africa trip. And, uh, the, I mean, the reach out for the uh, global brand is unlike any other sport. Well, you know, and what's
0: funny is, like, they were one of the first leagues under his watch – that started really using the internet. Like the NBA to this day, you can still like go to YouTube and pull up like any clip you want where you got things like Major League Baseball who don't want anything to do with the internet.
1: <laughs> I'd say too that like you look at the fan voting for the all-star game wh- where it's <laughs> global, I bet it's like 50 times more than any other sport <laughs> at least.
0: I When we talk more NBA, I'm going to bring up some all-star voting here in a second. But I want to leave you with this little tidbit. The Cleveland Cavs in 1983 were bought by the Gunn family for $20 million in 2005. So a little over 20 years later, they were sold for $375 million. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, they ought to give David Stern a cut of that, right? I think so. <laughs> I mean, he took over the, the league when it was you know going into kind of dire straits. Now, he was fortunate. Let's be honest. Stars help. You go into the 80s, Bird, Magic, the Pistons, that whole thing. And Jordan essentially carried it through the, the 90s, right? So, I mean, he had some help. He, he did,
1: but I felt like he was an innovator in this way because – He was the captain of the ship. Most uh, commissioners and m- most leagues – they want to uh, talk about the team first and, like, let's, let's, talk, let's uh, uh, market, like, the Yankees or the whatever, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Cowboys. But he was like, I want to market the, the names on the back of the jerseys and put it on the players. So, with,
0: with all that being said, he definitely left it better than when he found it, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, join us as we remember David Stern as 77 years old. He passed away. He was doing all the brain hemorrhages, and, you know, he turned it over to Adam Silver, who was his, uh, you know, associate deputy or whatever they call it. And NBA, you know, even though you and me like aren't huge NBA fans and don't watch it, even though we're watching, you know, for some reason the Raptors and the Heat right now, you know, it, it's, it's turned into a, a huge global brand, the likes of which we – and you know what? We know this because if we post anything NBA, we get all kinds of Filipinos. That's correct. The Philippines loves the NBA. Get on board. Quit quit going to China. Go to the Southeast market. So moving on, NBA season interview. I know you got a couple of things you wanna you want to bring up here, but but to me, you know, we, we've had some early season games. We've seen the Bucks pretty much dominate. They're 31 and five. But if, if you look at the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, you know, it, it's pretty similar. You have six teams that are around 10 games over 500 or better. And then it's everybody else. You know, in the East, you got the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Raptors, Pacers, 76ers. 76ers, I think, are underperforming, by the way. And then when you go to the West, you got the Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, uh, the uh, Rockets, Mavs, and Jazz. They're all, like I said, 10 games over 500.
1: Well, I, I want to talk about the Bucks. Well,
0: the Bucks are thirty-one and five. So, if there's anybody to talk about, it, it would be them. Well,
1: I mean, let's start an Easter conference talk about the Bucks. I, I looked at some eye-popping stats earlier this week, um, and they're on like historic rates here. Okay, as far as what? A lot of things. So they're, they're, they have the highest point differential in NBA history. Uh, Thirteen and a half points per game per victory. Okay?
0: So they they average. Margin of victory is 13 and a half points. Correct. The only thing I got wrote down here is I know in offensive efficiency, they're third in the NBA. In defensive efficiency, they're first.
1: All right. Well, I mean, go back to this other thing the, the point differential. They're ahead of the 71 72 Lakers. Okay. They're ahead of the seventy, seventy-one Bucks. And they're ahead of the 90, 95 96 Bulls that I, you know, is dear to my heart. But that's three dynasties that they're ahead of. Um, they're also the earliest uh, team to 30 wins since 1980. Really? Correct. Even with the, the, the Warriors that were on that tear a couple of years ago? And, they're and ahead the Bulls, of which is weird. They hit, they hit it earlier in the season, all right? So they're right there projecting right now at 71 wins, okay? It's just the way they change the schedule a little bit. But another thing that stood out to me was Giannis, he is 60th in the league in minutes played per game. 60th? 60th. Is that load management? All uh, right. I mean, it is. Um, they're, they're, I guess because they're killing people by thirteen and a half points <laughs> he, a game. He can sit out. He most sits of out the, the fourth the quarter. So to put it in perspective, he's 60th in the league, and then Harden's obviously first at 38 is. minutes a game. So I feel like they're not. They have the best record, yes, but they're also going through the motions to be ready for the postseason, playoff time, and then no other Buck player averages over 30 minutes a game on the whole team. So they're just the murdering whole team. people.
0: They're just murdering people, and they're just letting their subs play. And let's be honest, Eastern Conference isn't as weak as it used to be. You know, so this is, I'm not saying it's murderer's row by any means, but they're, they're doing a good job just getting their W's and be able to, you know, call it a night at no, the but third quarter. Three
1: of the top four teams are in the Eastern Conference right now in terms of record. Oh, absolutely. And, and like, I'll be honest with you, like the Celtics with uh, Kimba up there now, is that not a different world? It's different. I mean, you have uh, – you can put the Celtics and the uh, Sixers – And, uh, what the uh, Raptors is up there. I mean, but. Well, the Pacers are right behind them. I mean, the only team that's stacking up right now in terms of record in the West is the Lakers.
0: I mean, you got the Nuggets at 23 and 10. The Clippers at 24 and 11. Those are solid clubs. But, you know, the, the thing that I'm looking at is there are only two players in the entire league that are averaging over 30 points a game.
1: I, I know you know who one is. Obviously Harden. Who's, Harden, the, who's the other one?
0: 38.2 points uh, I believe that. Yeah, you know, The Greek Freak's the other one. Is he 30? Yeah, or- Giannis Antetokounmpo is averaging 30.4.
1: My bold prediction was Trey Young was going to be there, but I think he's in the high 20s.
0: He's 28 and a half. See? He's close. Hey, I wasn't far away. There's somebody between Trey Young and the Greek Freak. Do you know who it is? Uh, Kawhi? Luka.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. 29 yeah. points. Yeah, he's doing well.
0: And then Bradley Beals is in the top five at 27.8. because there's no one else on the uh, on the Wizards. Yeah, so he's just got to do it all.
1: All right, so I hit on the Bucks real quick, but the Western Conference, like you said, we have the Lakers running away right now, number one seed. LeBron James leading the NBA in assists. And he says, I'm not going to have any load management, which is great. He um, does while he's on the floor. Then you have, yeah, exactly <laughs> on the defensive end. You have the Nuggets sandwiched in between them and the uh, Clippers. I feel like the Clippers are just biding their time. For the playoffs, right? Right. I feel like they match up with the Lakers in the playoffs. They're going to beat the Lakers.
0: How do you feel about the Nuggets, though?
1: I mean, don't sleep on them. But I feel like it's the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, the, the Nuggets finals.
0: had like the best record in the West last year, right? Yeah. Were they the number one seed? I believe so. And everybody kind of was like, "Ah, it's regular season." But like when it came to the playoffs time, like they 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 pushed. They they were not a, a you know easy out so to speak. So I'm not giving up on them at 23-10. and 10. The Clippers, I, I think if it comes to the playoffs, like let's be honest, Kawhi and PG-13.
1: They like, play on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're 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 going to be something. And they got Pat Beverly, man. <laughs> they, Unlike the Lakers, they really have no uh, – the Lakers have nobody that can actually handle the ball other than LeBron. Pretty
0: much. And let's be that's honest, nobody, nobody plays defense. The Clippers are playing defense. So what happens when you have to have a seven-game series against that? Oh, it's going to be tenacious. All right, so you still hold by the Clippers being that team? Absolutely. Well, sticking with the aspect of the NBA, we recently put out our all-decade team, which consisted of – what did we have on there? We had – Harden and Curry. Harden, Curry, Kawhi, LeBron, and Durant. Correct. So did
1: you see where ESPN put Anthony Davis on there? Do you buy that at all? I think he's a a great talent. I've told you before he's a generational-type talent, but he hasn't stayed healthy.
0: I mean, we, we know he hasn't been hurt as much as what a lot of people want to lead on to be. Like, he's still playing 60, 65 games a year. But I, I know Kawhi doesn't have the year-over-year year stats, but let's be honest. He was in a system in San Antonio for most of the decade, which it doesn't really allow for a superstar. But then he went to Toronto and, and brought him home a ring. Like,
1: how do you put AD over Kawhi, Kawhi to me? I don't I don't get it. I mean, I see the argument, but to me, it's like uh, if it, if it's somewhat equal – you look at postseason uh, relevance, and AD don't have that. So uh, we had some arguments for uh, AD, and we also had some arguments for Pat or R- Russell Westbrook. Uh, you're right, but that's exactly what he is,
0: right? Like right. He I he can't shoot,
1: can't win on his own, and, and even on the Rockets, like he's painful to watch. He, he keeps trying to shoot like Harden does, and he he don't have that, you know asset to his game and he just keeps throwing them up there and it's pain it's painful
0: i'm disappointed i said hardwood missed 1200 shots this year he's only on pace for about 1200 or 1100 he's he's 100 short well, he's averaging 39 a game i need him to miss a couple more shots can he don't get me can lean. he get
1: 48 game
0: <laughs> no he needs to, he needs to step <laughs> his game up but any other like i it's, it's weird doing the nba all decade team because you don't have a center now like so, you're really just picking like three forwards and
1: two well, guards. There's no, there's no real centers anymore. It's front court, back court. Even the all star game, all star game does it. So if you had to pick a true center for the decade, it may even be Dwight Howard.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit of hot stove. You know, we know big names like Cole and Keiko and Rue and Mad Bum Rendon, Mustakis, Grandals, Will Smith to the Braves. All those guys, they've all been signed. What's left? What's happening out there in Major League Baseball? You know, this time last year, everybody was going crazy trying to figure out where Bryce Harper and uh, Manny Machado was going to sign. So what's happening
1: right now? I mean, the big names, obviously Josh Donaldson. He's the only name that's left out there. Um, right now, the Twins, Nationals, Phillies, and Braves are all in the mix. Three of the four have already gave him four-year offers. Four-year offers. And he's got a monopoly on the market. So he's not, he's not, uh, because no there's hurry. no other third baseman's left. He's in no hurry. So it's kind of waiting to see where he falls. And then at that point, you know, you have the, all those other teams playing, uh, fallback plan with Arenado, uh, Lindor, and Chris Bryant. But they're also waiting on Chris Bryant's grievance to see how many years they would have the guy for.
0: Well, and the, because he was upset they did that contract thing Correct. where they, you know, we'll call you up, but after a certain date. But you got Ozuna out there who's 29, Castanellos who's 27, and Castanellos, if you look at how he was on the Tigers versus how he was on the Cubs, depends on what player you think you're getting. And I know you've mentioned before you think he's a terrible liability for the oh, field. He's,
1: he's absolutely terrible.
0: But it seems like the hot stove has turned more into uh, you know about the trade possibilities than it is about actually signing free agents.
1: Well, a lot of that is. You got Mookie Betts. Red Sox are like determined to get under the luxury tax, but... They're just doing their due diligence, and if somebody blows them away on an offer, they'll take it. But right now, I'm being told they're not actively shopping Mookie Betts unless somebody blew them away. So is Lindor and Arenado going to get moved in this offseason? I think Lindor does. I'm not so sure about Arenado. Is that just because the Cleveland Indians have pretty much abandoned ship? Uh, Yes, I believe so.
0: Recently, we actually posted our MLB All-Decade team. Now, of all the All-Decade teams we put out there, The baseball one calls the most controversy. So Ryan Braun, Buster Posey, Troy Tulitsky, Adrian Beltre, and Juan Carlos Stanton were names that we had selected that not everybody agreed with. Braun, he tested positive on steroids early in the decade, or depending on your FedEx driver, how you feel about that. But these
1: guys all had better numbers, right? I mean, they all had better numbers. I don't know why everyone was so worried about Ryan Braun and no one mentioned Robinson Cano, but... Right, like Cano was our second baseman, and nobody batted. No one talked about him, but I mean, the numbers were the numbers. I mean, whether the fact they were cheaters or on steroids was a whole other conversation. We simply went with the best players with the best numbers for the decade.
0: Was there any of these, uh, you know, arguments that came up that made you think twice?
1: Uh, I mean, the only one that kind of came up for me was Kershaw versus Verlander. I didn't think that was even close. Then you see the ERA, and you're just like, eh. I mean, but, and people look at the postseason, you know, crumbling of Kershaw. But it's not like Verlander's lights out in the postseason. No, he's not. Uh, I, I think the biggest one was kind of like, the, at catcher, does, you know, Posey clearly had the better numbers, but how much do we factor in Molina's defense?
0: Right. But, you know, in defensive war,
1: they were only like uh, eight
0: eight points apart.
1: And it's crazy because you think of Molina and you change the way you get, uh, game plan a game. But I, I Posey
0: – by far, had better offensive numbers. It wasn't close either. No. And then, you know, shortstop, let's be honest, it was a down year for short – or down decade for shortstops. If Lindor
1: played two more years, he'd have had it by far.
0: because he was there. But you know what? You came up in 2015, so you didn't have enough time in. Well, the college football playoff continues to rage on as we're down to Clemson and LSU. But did anything stand out to you other than Oklahoma getting absolutely destroyed by LSU? (laughs)
1: <laughs> who, who should have been the fourth team do you, do you think somebody should have been ahead of Oklahoma
0: no I mean if you look LSU at LSU just that good LSU I think is that good and, and if you look at the letter of the law the way the, the regular season went you had to go with Oklahoma they were one lost team it is what it is and, and that's, that's what happens in college football you have teams sometimes that are far vastly superior than others and I, I think LSU is going to roll up against
1: Clemson and absolutely crush them too I don't think it's even going to be close I mean, I agree with you, but is the Big 12 that far behind the other conferences that they're just paper champion, don't even matter? I
0: think they only won one bowl game, if that matters. It was Texas. That was it. It was. Even Baylor with Georgia. They steamrolled uh, Utah. Georgia missing 17 players still couldn't uh,
1: lose to Baylor. (laughs)
0: That's terrible.
1: I mean, it was bad. I mean, I I guess that one surprise for me, not really a surprise, but I really thought that uh, Ohio State was going to win, and I thought it was going to be convincingly. It was a close game. It was close.
0: Um They should have, like they were up. Like they were moving up and down the field in the first half like nothing. But they couldn't score.
1: I feel like Clemson, like I don't I think we talked about it. I don't know if we me mean you just talked about it. Aren't they the first team in history to be the national champ, finish undefeated the very following season and finish third in the rankings?
0: Yeah, but we're also talking about a short window in the college football playoff. You know, so we're only really looking back at the past like six to eight years. That that being said though, did do you think Ohio State got hosed in that game? Uh, no. Right, like was that a was that a fumble? Was that a fumble after the catch returned for a touchdown? Uh, I
1: stand with the referees.
0: Ah, uh, see, I stand with the referees on everything else, but I'm sorry, that was clearly a football move. That was a fumble, and they took that away from Ohio State, and I hate Ohio State. Not a big Clemson fan, but I'm tired of Ohio State. But this is the one year I, I just thought things were kind of topsy turvy. Where I'm like, I didn't feel like they were getting the respect they deserved, and here they are at the the you know playoff. And that was a turning point of the
1: game. And it went the call got reversed. They called it a fumble on the field. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If they reversed it, I mean, what can you really say? Because it's supposed to be convincing evidence, right? It didn't look
0: convincing evidence. I'm just to saying. Me.
1: Normally, when it's not convincing, they don't overturn it.
0: Uh, that's uh. That's, that's another topic for another day that would probably take a lot more than a couple minutes, but uh, I, I think Ohio State got hosed on at least that call, and that was a scoring play. Not saying they're a better team than Clemson, but I think either of them are just going to be fodder to the uh, LSU Tigers. They're going to win the whole thing, and it's not even going to be close.
1: Go Tigers!
0: Yeah, every now and then we like to talk a little bit about some pop culture things, and I got to tell you, I just got finished watching The Mandalorian and it's not bad. It's better than the Star Wars movie, which you said had what, fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Fifty and then forty on the other one. That was uh that's generous. Yeah. It was really just fan
1: service. But that bad. The Mandalorian was good. Okay. Uh, it it's only eight episodes. And you can get that for what, how much on Disney Plus? I don't know. I don't pay for Disney Plus. Oh, uh, okay.
0: We we do nefarious tactics around here to yeah. to watch things. But either way, if you haven't checked out The Mandalorian, I do approve on that. Is there is there anything you've been watching lately you're a big fan of?
1: Uh, I watched The uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, believe it or not. All right, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah, I watched him as a kid. You know Tom Hanks is actually related to him? I did not. They're like third cousins. That's crazy. That's why he did the movie. I, I remember watching the show on public broadcasting as a kid, and there was something about him that just drew you in, you know? And, and like normally this is the type of movie I wouldn't watch. But as you said, Tom Hanks played Mr. Rogers. And I feel like Tom Hanks can play anybody. He's not limited in his roles. Now, Tom Hanks is amazing. He, he, he's
0: probably my favorite actor. He's also the best host ever to go on Saturday Night Live. I'll say that.
1: He, 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 he commands all that. So I'll say this. I watched it as a kid, the show itself. I watched this movie. It wasn't something I typically would have watched, but I watched it because of Tom Hanks, and then I was pleasantly surprised, and it was actually very, very powerful for me because it showed how one person, you know, their mindset and their thinking and being selfless and, you know, not having an agenda driven for their own self could actually, like, change a culture, a society of people and rub off in a positive fashion because I feel like sometimes as humans, and I know I'm bad about it, we we tend to focus on the negative things, right? And what he kept doing was just focusing on the positive. He genuinely cared about the people he came in contact with, and and he made a positive impression and made those people better people. So, I mean, I felt like if we had an a, a, an ounce of, you know belief like he did if we would do it ourselves how much better could we make this place oh absolutely
0: if you're always looking to build versus destroy you're going to be better off but what's amazing about that movie which is a true story the the journalist who's you know covering him is trying to poke holes and trying to like get through this facade that is Mr. Rogers and cannot do it. Like this guy's legit. Like he's the real deal. Like this is how he lives his life. It's it's kind of like the opposite of hypocrisy when you judge other people. He he overcame that. And, you know, I think after that interview came out, I think Mr. Rogers died like two years later.
1: Yeah, it was two, two years. You're right. I mean, so it's
0: uh, it's a cool movie. Check it out. it like, home with me for sure. All I agree with you. I'll tell you what else is a good movie. Don't fudge with cats. I know it sounds like a ridiculous name. Don't F with cats. Um, I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but if you're into like crime drama, murder mystery, that type of thing, it is unbelievable. It is a Netflix doc. It's out there. It's three episodes. It's uh, worth every minute you'll spend watching it. It was so riveting that as I was putting together presents on Christmas Eve, I ended up staying up till 2 a.m. to watch it.
1: I'll tell you what. I'll have it watched before our next show. How's that?
0: I want you to come on the next show there. I want you to come and tell everybody how good it is. Okay. So I want to reinforce
1: don't F with cats next week. I got nothing but time. Peyton Manning's surgery. (laughs) I'll be watching lots of movies.
0: Moving on, recently we asked all our social media followers out there, what are your bold predictions for the sports next decade? So, Mr. Brown, do you have anything that you specifically hold, you know, in your in your heart, your thoughts, your dreams that you think is going to happen from the year 2020 to
1: 2029? <laughs> I'm glad you started the year right. I <laughs> um, want to make sure for all those idiots. I, I made a comment on our page, and I'm going to stick with it. I feel like this Braves team has the right making, and I'm not just trying to be a homer here, but I feel like this Braves – team they have set up is going to win multiple World Series, which is something the 90s Braves could not do.
0: Would you be happy with just one?
1: No. No? I want two.
0: Well, I'd be happy with just one because you haven't won one since. 95. All right. So it's been quite a while.
1: Obviously, i take one over nothing, but I feel like they have the talent to do more than just one.
0: So you're, you're expecting championships in Hotlanta.
1: I am. All right,
0: that that, that is it's a... It's going to start
1: a, in 2021.
0: All right, so not quite there. Not
1: this year. Correct. What what are they missing? They need a true ace, which is going to be Soroka, but he needs one more year.
0: Okay. Well,
1: he could blossom. You never know.
0: Yeah, I hope he proves me wrong. All right, here's one from uh, David Morgan that might hit close to home. The Bulls won't win another championship, and that kills me to say it.
1: Ever? Well, for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah, sorry, the decade. (laughs) Unless they get rid of Gar packs, I feel like he's right because there has been no direction in the Bulls franchise in the last 15 years. Now, top fan Nathan DeFelice said this one,
0: and I think he's way off base. The Browns will be crowned champs every offseason and then still suck every single year. How's he off base? I mean, he's right on point. It's because I think after this year, ain't nobody crowning the Browns anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got excited because it turned around quick. That's gone now. Ain't nobody thinking they're going to be
1: anything. So, you're, all you're saying is no one's going to crown him in the priest or in the offseason. Correct. Season. He's there, right on
0: the. He's right on the end result. He's right on the end result. Okay. But there's not going to be any premature jocularity. I, I can jump on that. All right, Randy uh, Adcock says full contact badminton. That's I just all he says. I'd like to watch it. That's got to be on the ocho. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Cotton says the Bucks, the Packers, and the Brewers will be champions in the same calendar year. So, I
1: like the Bucks and the Packers. Uh, the Brewers, no chance in hell. Uh, Let's cue Vince McMahon's music. No
0: chance. All right, so the Yankees from Jamie Mercado says we'll go another decade without a championship, and Tom Brady will finally retire at the age of
1: 59. I would love to see the Yankees go another decade. Could you imagine 20 years with no title? Imagine being a kid with all that rich tradition and no championships.
0: I I can't remember the third team, but it was the Yankees and the Dodgers. won more games than anybody this last decade. and They have no titles to show for it. Right. So like
1: the Braves in the 90s. Good for them. So uh, Brady, the Brady thing, though, I feel like uh, we're going to get to that later, but I feel like uh, this may be the end. This is the end. We we keep saying it, though. But he don't don't have a contract. We'll see when we get to our NFL He don't have a contract that passed this year, right? Um, no. All right. right. He's going to
0: suit up for the Dolphins. (laughs) owl I books. So that's a a page, apparently. The Knicks make the playoffs at least once this decade. That is a bold prediction. Well, the Knicks did
1: just beat the Blazers and Carmelo's return.
0: Yeah, but Carmelo went off for 26. That's what I'm saying.
1: 26 points or whatever, and, you know, the Knicks still won. That's that's typical Carmelo's career. I'm going to get mine, but I'm still going to (laughs) lose.
0: It ain't going to affect the outcome of the game. That's Carmelo in a nutshell, folks. All right, top fan Jackie Hummel said the Seattle Mariners are going to have one winning season by 2029. Uh, I think she's being optimistic. That's 50-50 to me. <laughs> All right, Brian Bree, Brian Bree said the Knicks, who we just talked about, will become champions of the 2027 season. Why so significant on that year? That's
1: kind of weird that he picked that year, but every year in the offseason, you keep hearing they're going to form some super team, and they always settle for these mid-grade rejects.
0: Maybe, maybe, like Brooklyn. Randall. Brooklyn is what we need to focus on. Yeah. Terry Wink said the Browns will continue to lose. Jerry Jones will continue to waste talent. That's not really a bold prediction. That's just repeating what's already happening. And then Mark Berard, I like his stance here. The MLB
1: will return to Montreal. If the MLB returns to Montreal, I'm going to a game in Montreal. We need to get
0: our passports
1: ready. I'm serious. I want to go. Do you know any French? No, I don't, but I have heard great things about Montreal and their cobblestone streets. I can speak French. Well, then good. You'll be my translator. Watch this. Wah-ha-ha. Oh, wow. You had me me, uh, ready. Now I know we're screwed. (laughs)
0: Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, a long-time friend of the program. He is a legend beyond your measure. We, we can't even stress how big a deal this guy is. But, you know, we brought him back for a specific reason because the Bills Mafia is going strong. They're, they're uh, doing what they can to cause a ruckus. They're in the playoffs. So we're excited to bring back the biggest Bills fan we know. That is Dick DeGroat. AKA or Holland de groats or something like it. I can't remember. He likes those videos and, and, but most of you know him simply as Bill's dad, Bill's dad. Welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, it's great to be with you guys again. Thanks so much. So kind, man.
0: You're one of our favorite people to talk to. Absolutely. And you know, the bills in themselves, even though Mr. Brown and myself are not bills fans, we kind of have a soft spot for him. Was that ser-
1: safe to say? I'll take it a step further. This is the first year we did our picks by the spread for the whole NFL season. I was finding myself influenced by the Bills spreads, and was if I was iffy, I was always going in the way of the Bills. So you've influenced me this whole season. So. I mean, well, hopefully
2: we've done good by you
1: on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of times I was the lone wolf and I got some uh, brownie points for that. Well, I will say
0: for the NFL picks, we the three of us did better than uh, Bleacher Reports experts did. So we're pretty happy about that. And, and I'll be honest with you. I even picked the Bills in week 17 when they weren't playing half their guys. I still thought they were going to beat the Jets. <laughs> what I did, happened?
2: I did too.
0: <laughs> I know why. It's because you didn't make a video.
2: Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been hearing that a lot. I've been getting the blame for it. So I made sure I came up with one for this week.
0: Well, just, just for people who may not know exactly who you are, you know, tell, tell everybody a little bit about what you've kind of become known for those awesome music videos that you do.
2: Yeah. Every week now we do a, a, a parody of a, of a popular song, uh, change the lyrics to it, and make it about what's current with the Bills, what's happening with them. Uh, As I mentioned before, the last time I was on, it all happened by accident uh, three years ago when uh, we sent the text message to our kids. Uh, Long story short, somebody had me put it on Facebook and the video went viral and the uh, mafia said we want one every week. So now it's become a thing. So I kind of have a weekly pressure, but we're having a lot of fun with it, putting songs (laughs) out, uh, having a really good time.
1: I'll tell you this, I wait every Saturday morning for that video to come out while I'm drinking my coffee and it's something I look forward to every Saturday. Brother, you need to get a life. Well, you're probably right. Don't yeah. judge us.
0: Hey, you know what? The, uh, the thing that, that got me is the fact that all you do is just put this on Facebook and, and it's still like 50,000 people are watching this. It's not like there's another avenue. This is just all organic for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's it's like I've always said, it kind of surprises me um, that people get such a charge out of it. Just an old guy singing into a cell phone in his basement. Um, but I guess people love just the raw humor from an old guy like me.
0: Well, I will say the quality is pretty good and I'm sorry, but you, you've pretty much taken over uh, you know, Justin Timberlake, uh, you know, rock your body. Now it's, it's always going to be Rocky Brady for here on out. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's, that's right. Well, the quality, let me tell you this, this comes from my wife. You know, she's the, she's the lady behind the camera. there, holding that, that cell phone rock steady and and not laughing while I'm doing stupid stuff. And she's the one that, you know, brings that top notch quality. I'm telling you.
0: Well, much, much love for Bill's mom, as well as Bill's dad. And, And, you know, Similar to the Buffalo Bills, you know, you were a little under the weather last week, so you took a week off. We didn't make a video, and the Bills kind of took a week off because they didn't need to really play in week 17, which has got to be a good place to feel as a Bills fan. But now we're in the postseason and Buffalo's Buffalo's going on the road. So tell me tell me what you're thinking about this matchup. What's the vibe like up there in Buffalo? And what's the anticipation like going into this I, you guys play Saturday. Saturday
2: at 4:30. That's right. Saturday we are the we are the first professional game of the new decade. Uh, so that'll be on at 4:35 and it's uh, the vibe up here is is out of control. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 we talked about it last time 2 years ago, we broke the the 17 17 year drought and and went to the playoffs down in Jacksonville. And I think at that time it was just a uh, we were we were going crazy because we we'd made the playoffs. We finally made the playoffs. This time I think there's a little bit more of an expectation of what we've got. We we are not only pumped to be in the playoffs, but we feel like we are headed in the right direction with a real quality team, real quality coaching staff. Uh, we think we can make some serious noise in this year's playoffs. So uh, there's a real good feeling about this game down in down in Houston. Uh, I think we're going to win it. Um, I know Houston's a tough team, but I think I think we're going to come away with the win. And uh, this this offense all year has been growing together slowly. You know, learning to play together. They all but two of them are are new to the team this year, and so they've been developing and finding their way. And our defense is stellar as can be, and I think they're going to shut it down on Saturday. I mean, I'll
1: say this from the outside perspective, talking about Houston. I mean, they have so much talent on the offensive side. You got Deshaun Watson, all the talent in the world, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt on the defensive side may be limited he, playing, playing snaps though. this week. He's playing. One thing I've also learned about the um, Texans is that picking picking them all year is they've they've got so much talent and it seems like they waste it. Jekyll and Hyde, big time. Yeah, like they, and I, they I, don't...
2: Really, I think that uh, the defense we've got, uh, there's a real confidence uh, because of our defense primarily that we can play with anybody in the league right now, because we will be, we will hang with anybody and there's always a chance we can come out with a win. Uh, so i really think that, uh, as flashy and, and awesome as the Houston offense can be, I think they're going to run into a defense like they've not seen before. Uh, I mean, I love Deshaun Watson. That guy is great. I would have loved to have snagged him coming out of college. Uh, but I think, uh, Uh, they're going to have their hands full against our defense this week. And if our offense can put up some numbers, their defense is not that strong. I think we can do it. Now, JJ Watt, he's going to play. And he's uh, been a, a, you know, a tremendous force in the NFL, but uh, you know, he's been out for a while and uh, we just got to hope that he's a little off his game, not really on top of it. And that we can handle him.
0: So, you know, you, you brought up how you guys kind of hang around in every game, no matter what. So you definitely, something I noticed throughout the year was, I hated picking Bills games because no matter what, you knew the score was going to be close. Like, they just – I mean, and, and maybe it's that number two ranked defense. Maybe that's what does it. Maybe it's that, you know, running game that emerged in the second half of the year. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, don't sleep on Buffalo. And, and I, I'm all in with you. I think Buffalo is going to win this game. I, I, I think Houston, you know, they're, they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. And I think if you're a team that can come down there and punch them in the mouth, I
2: wouldn't be surprised if you go on the road and get that rare road wild card victory. Well, we've been really good on the road this year, which uh, has been has been awesome. I, I think we can get this win. And then uh, we're probably going to go through Baltimore and, uh, you know, who knows, even New England eventually. Mm-hmm. Casey's the only team mm-hmm. there that we haven't really seen this year. Um, but I tell you what, we've, you know, people talk about the Patriots. They talk about the Ravens. We were right there with both of those teams and could have easily come out with the win during the season. And I think now uh, we're going to be just a little bit hyped up more our Our coaching staff is great. I think they'll coach them well, and I I think we could make a run. And seriously, people might laugh at me with this. I I see us with as good a chance as anybody in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl.
0: I can't argue that, but I will ask you this. So the two teams that have the bye are the Ravens and the Chiefs. Which one scares you the most?
2: Actually, the Chiefs more. I I think people think the Ravens Ravens will go to the Super Bowl is what a lot of people think. But when we played them and seeing how we played them, I think we can take them. Kansas City is a little bit more unknown to me. And, uh, you know, their coach is just rock solid. Uh, If the Bills don't make it, I'd love to see him get his shot in the the Super Bowl and and do his thing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a great player. So we'll just see how it all goes down. Um, But this week it's Houston and we got to get through them. But I think we've got a really good shot with these guys. I really do.
1: I think this game for me, because I picked every game this week for the NFL playoffs, and this was the one I went back and forth on was the Bills and the Texans. There's, I mean, I know you're the underdog. I got it. You're on the road, but I couldn't, I couldn't pick the Texans. I just couldn't do it. It was, it was a hard matchup. For it's me. only a two and a half point spread, right? Right.
0: And, and you know what they always say about Vegas is they always give three points to the home team anyway. So does that technically mean that the Bills are a half point favorite? Is that how that works?
2: <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it could be. And, you know, what you were talking about there with every game being close this year, I kept waiting for for a game that we could relax and just party our way in the second half or at least the fourth quarter. But boy, I'll tell you, these guys don't make it easy on us fans. You know, they they really are. uh, Josh Allen in particular, the entire offense seems to come alive in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, as, as hard as that is on us, it's good to know about your team that your team doesn't Fold, but instead actually knows how to step it up when when crunch time comes. They just need to put some coffee
1: in the coolers instead of Gatorade for the first <laughs> half, and they'll be all right. I love it. I, I, I like the Bills too, just because it seems to me from an outside perspective that there's not a lot of like superstars on the team. It feels like to me that it's like a a team that gels together, plays as a team, and they're all dri- driving towards that common goal. You know, that's how I. That's
2: feel. right. And they do, and, they, and the depth is the same way. It, it seems like they really have grabbed hold of this idea of next man up is what they call it. And when somebody goes down, the next guy up steps up and really plays well. And they, you're right, there's no flashy names really out there or anything, but they are a solid team that plays for each other really well and picks up for each other when when one's down, the next one's up. And they, they do great.
1: Well, I got a good question for you. So uh, when you all beat the Texans – How's it going to feel to be the last standing team in AFC East? Because let's be real, the Titans are going to take down the Patriots. I asleep. agree
2: that the I'm, Patriots I'm with, are going down. I love it. I love it. Boy, I would love to see that happen.
1: I think Derrick Henry is going to run wild on their beat-up defense.
2: I'm, I'm going to join you in that. I'm going, <laughs> After the Bills win, I am going to relax and watch that game later on and just cheer for the Titans and, and, and hopefully see them take them down. They've really picked up in the second half of the season here since they picked up Tannehill. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're a different team.
1: Wow, get him out of Miami. You know what I'm
0: saying? The <laughs> yeah, Titans are yeah. they're seven, they're seven and three in their last ten games. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much to be said for for what kind of a system a player is in. You know, there's some players that you think are no good. They get changed to another. They get a, a, a traded to another team or picked up by another team. They get into the right system and suddenly they're 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 rock stars. You know, and the and the same can be said the other way around. Uh, you know, I mean, look at Baker Mayfield. I mean, the guy's a, a great player. You've got a lot of superstars on that on that Browns team, and yet they've struggled this year because of the system. Uh, so, you know, it, you've got to get players in the right system with the right coordinators, the right coaches, and then watch them go. And I think that's what the Bills have done. They've done a stellar job of bringing together the right guys. They're like family. They have genuine love and, and respect for each other, and the coaches coach them up. I think above what their typical uh, level of play might be.
0: So speaking of the Browns of of all teams, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Buffalo Bills fans out there ought to be thinking the Cleveland Browns because whenever they were doing their coaching search before they settled on uh, Freddie Kitchens and uh, actually even before they settled on Hugh Jackson a couple years ago. Mr. Sean McDermott was their number one target. And uh, right. they had too many hands in the pot, and the guy that was uh, really responsible for that wasn't allowed to make that decision. So, you know, I guess in a certain way, you might be a bit of a Browns fan now.
2: <laughs> uh, we are. And, uh, you know, and I have to say this I, I'm thankful to the Browns for the wake up call this year because it was a horrible loss to them. We should have won that game, it would have put us in a whole different position uh, as far as the division goes. Uh, and I think that was a little bit of a wake-up call. Like, we've got to step it up, boys. And, uh, and they played a little bit differently after that game.
0: All right, so before we let you go, I, I know you don't want to give away the, the, the whole you know cat in the bag here, but do you got any teasers, any, anything you can give us about what this next song might be, this this new video that you're going to drop? I guess, are you going to drop it on Friday since the game's on Saturday? That, that's outside?
2: right. It'll be dropping Friday morning, 8 o'clock. And, and since it's wild card card weekend, Let's just say it's going to be wild. Ooh,
0: Ooh that my mind is racing with ideas now. <laughs> so this is our—you've already recorded it, right?
2: I have. It's all set. Uh, the uh, the captions have been plugged in. It's ready to post tomorrow morning. Mm.
0: I, I tell you what—I for one cannot wait. That'll that'll be uh, one of those notifications I'm looking for early tomorrow. So don't judge
2: us. We like your video. You need to get a
1: life, Chad.
2: I know. <laughs> 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 so wait, let me ask you guys now, who do you have picked for the Super Bowl?
0: Oh, Ooh. well, you know what? We, we're going to cover that on the show. But
1: uh,
2: Okay, you don't have to give it. Let me let me tell you who I think is going to be there.
1: All right, go ahead.
2: Let see. It's going to be the Saints. Yeah,
1: okay. You cannot
2: bet against Drew Brees. The Saints are going to be there. I don't and know then, how you confidently pick which anybody.
1: referees, which referees, <laughs> well, yeah, that yeah, too. exactly.
0: But I don't exactly. know how I don't know how you can pick anybody in the NFC. That, that whole conference is just wide open to me. I it, think they well, you know, have to
2: say this because honestly, the, the Saints would be my number two team. I really love Drew Brees, like the Saints, so I'm pulling for them. But I really think uh, they've got a bit of a, a chip on the shoulder from last year from everything that happened. And I think they're going to find their way in the Super Bowl this year, and uh, it's going to be against the Bills. So there you have it. Who's the winner? Well, it's going to be Bills, of (laughs) course. Why'd
0: you even ask him that? I I don't know. I don't know. Bills dad, Mr. DeGroat, Holland DeGroats, however we want to say it, We're so glad you came back on the show. And you know what? We're going to definitely commit that if the bills stay alive, we're going to take it as bills, mafia karma. And you're just going to have to come back on the show. If we're going to be alive here for uh, next week.
2: I I appreciate it. I I love it. Love you guys a lot. I appreciate you having me on the show and uh, go bills. Go bills. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, finally, we've come to that time of the show where we always close out strong with some NFL talk because tis the season and the NFL playoffs are in full swing and it's wildcard weekend, baby. And Mr. Brown, I'm just going to ask you, we got some awesome games here and I want you to tell me what's going to happen. We got the Buffalo Bills. We just talked to Bill's dad earlier and they are on the road against the Houston Texans where the Texans are a two and a half point home favorite. What's
1: going to happen? This is the game I could have won either way, and I actually did on uh, FanDuel. What does that mean? Oh, you picked two games. I picked both uh, teams in different scenarios, but uh, I'm going with the Bills in a close game because I do like their defense, and I feel like houstons they're not committed to the runs. So that's going to make it even easier for the Bills' defense.
0: I feel like we're we're set up for a Houston letdown. Oh, too. Like, they, you know, they, they've... They're, they're mildly, what, 10-6, and 11-5, something like that. No, they're 10-6. And and, but, man, they just
1: they don't impress me. They, they do some games. They have the talent to be with the elite. That like, But they choose. I don't know. I can't say they choose, but they're, they're so up and down week after week. You don't know who's going to show up. Well, I'm riding your coattails here. The
0: Bills are going to get that road victory. And Buffalo... Let's go ahead and call it. They're going to burn him to the ground. Bill's dad, stay safe out there. We want to make sure nothing happens to you. Here's an interesting AFC wildcard game. The Tennessee Titans, as Biggie would say, the fighting Mike Vrabels. No longer the Marcus Margaritas. It's the Ryan Tannehill Show. They're on the road against New England. New England is a five-point home favorite.
1: I hate to steal your thunder here. Not only are the Titans going to cover they're going to win the game. They're going to win. Derrick Henry is going to run wild on that beaten down New England defense. 200 yards. Tannehill is going to show. I'm just glad to be out of Miami. <laughs> and he's going to make Brady look really old. And Tennessee's moving on. they will be the
0: last team left in the AFC East. Tannehill's got that Miami swagger. You know, the Dolphins usually do well against the Patriots, right? They just beat they the just Patriots. Did. You know, they, they always do that like once a year, no matter how bad they are. And Tannehill's going to bring that swagger with him into Music City. And the Titans, when they go on the road up to Foxborough, they're getting that W.
1: How would that be a five and a six seed moving on?
0: I can't believe we agree on this.
1: I, mean, I, I do agree. I think it's going to be ugly.
0: It's crazy that we feel like the playoffs are that wide open.
1: Yeah. Write it down, baby. Right now, we're taking the
0: road. We're picking two road teams to win in the AFC playoffs. Well, let's move to the NSC and see if it changes any. Minnesota on the road to Nolens.
1: This is where it stops.
0: I didn't write down the spread because I didn't care.
1: Seven and a half. All right. Well,
0: I'm taking the home.
1: Uh, the Saints are going to cover, and they're going to win, by. I'm thinking two touchdowns.
0: I guess not even going to be close, right? I don't think so. And and, and nothing against Minnesota. but I don't I'm trust
1: so- Kirk Cousins. I don't no. trust Thielen. He hasn't been healthy. Dalvin Cook's banged up. They're just there's so much going into this game that favors the Saints. And, and Michael no, Thomas is the best receiver in the game. Y- y- are hard to beat. They're hard to beat at home. You can't sleep on Drew Brees and they've got freaking Kamara and uh what's his name? The other guy, uh Latavius Murray is, is the Murray. Bell Cow guy, but I mean, Saints are going to roll. All right, so we're pretty
0: much agreeing on that one. I so I don't like this. So far, we're three for three, and I'm not feeling real comfortable. We have no lone wolves. We're not. We're not at odds here. We're all picking the same thing. I don't. I, I don't like this. Let's see if uh, we we go any different here on Seattle. I don't think we will. On the road to Philadelphia, what's the spread?
1: I think it's uh, one and a half
0: for Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you right up. I got Seattle winning. I do too. Uh, Ah, we agreed on all the games.
1: This is terrible because I I think that Seattle's going to win. The only thing that scares me is their lack of running game, and uh, I know they got the beast, but they're they're banged up. Well, what about Philly? (laughs) They're banged up. They're down to their 18th string wide receiver. Let's be real. The, Eagle, the Eagles don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Period. <laughs> They're nine and seven. That's a winning record. Yeah, we've had worse. I mean, but like the uh, NFC East, should they at least host a playoff game, or should, uh, they, be like over, should they be able? They should have made them go to Seattle. Right? It should be in Seattle. I, I don't think the Eagles. Uh, it, it could probably be a touchdown or less, but I think because Seattle seems to like these close games. All right, so I'm going to go ahead
0: and navigate the waters here. We're going to go through, since we happened to pick identical. All right. Which I'm kind of furious about, which makes a lot of sense seeing how I finished only one game behind you in our uh, pick 'ems for the entire year.
1: All right, so before you go on, for my fan duel, I was very confident in every single game except for the Bills and Texans. I made two separate picks and switched <laughs> one for the Bills. One for the Texans, and I kept all the other picks the exact same. Are, are these parlays you're, you're running? Yeah, fourteen parlays. So if one of these two hit, I'm gonna hit two hundred bucks or more. That's a good payout. And it was I think I only put down twenty bucks.
0: All right, that's uh, anytime you do more than double your money, you're you're not oh, a yeah. <laughs> So if Tennessee wins, they have to go on the road and play Baltimore. Who's winning that? Is that how it is? That's how it would work. Are you sure? I'm positive. I like Baltimore. Because Tennessee would be the lower seed.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: they would play the higher seed Just
1: because the five and the six win, they don't just match up. I got you. I got you. Uh, I would definitely take the uh, Ravens.
0: All right, so I also have the Ravens over the Titans. Buffalo would go to Kansas City. I got the Chiefs. I also have the Chiefs. (laughs) Now, if Bill's dad comes back on the show next week because of Chiefs victory, we might change. Like, I, I might buy into the Bill's karma, but we'll see. Going to the NFC, Seattle would go on the road to San Francisco.
1: I think Seattle overcomes, and they, and they win that game.
0: I got San Francisco if that happens.
1: Okay, again. They're going to win again. I I mean,
0: I, you can split hairs with them. Like, I could watch Seattle and San Francisco play to the end of
1: time. You saw it came down to inches at the goal line. It fell down. What happened the last the time they played? I don't remember.
0: Seattle barely
1: won, yeah, and San okay. Francisco was banged up. I'm just saying, I could watch them it, it, two teams those two, It's fun to watch, ain't it? Absolutely. And just think, though, if they didn't have a delay of game, the Beast <laughs> would have ran in and won the game. Because he was in there, right? And then they got the delay game we had to come oh, out. Oh, they so screwed Seattle, up. Seattle. Uh, and that's why Seattle's going to lose. They how, can't get it together. How does a professional team allow that to happen? Because that's like high school shenanigans. It was
0: shenanigans. How does that happen? Because it's Pete Carroll. Is he that bad? He was too busy putting new gum in his mouth. And new hair gel. New hair gel. <laughs> all right, the Saints on the road at Green Bay.
1: Uh, Saints all day. Saints all day.
0: At Lambeau. All right, so we only disagree on the uh, NFC West matchup. Right. All right, so uh, it would be Kansas City at Baltimore for the AFC Championship. Chiefs. I got Baltimore.
1: All right. I'm glad you're wrong, Filer. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, all right,
0: New Orleans uh, would be on the road at – San Francisco or Seattle would be on the road at New Orleans, so um, Saints. You got the Saints winning that, no matter what. See, I Correct. got the Niners winning. I got the Saints and the Chiefs. So you got, so you got the Saints and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Correct. And I got Baltimore and San Francisco. There you go.
1: I think I'm right.
0: No, well, we'll see. Now, I ain't no going to see. No, you're going to see.
1: I'm just right. Well, they call that the of, uh, Trail of Tears. <laughs> That's your Super Bowl? <laughs> That's Does a true one a
0: No, you. What, are once you
1: realize that I'm the winner sh- again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, We're not insensitive at all. Uh, <laughs> the Chiefs, baby. All right. Well, if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, it'll be their their only shot because once Patrick Mahomes is making I- $300 million, it ain't going to happen. I got to root for the Chiefs because it's the only place I can do the chop anymore.
1: I thought you're a Raiders fan. No, I'm just saying I can't ch- chop it I, the Braves. I understand what
0: you're saying. Well, you need to petition your Atlanta Braves about that. I do. Have you seen the Raiders' new stadium, by the way? Yeah, it looks kind of weird. It looks like a Roomba. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I want to go. This is We we should. You know, the NFL draft is in Vegas. Oh wow!
1: We should go to that. That would be the Hangover like of we, Part Four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it really would. Maybe we can interview some guys out there. If we bring Biggie, we're done. Oh, we'll never come back. No. We'll all be transient. It'll be like the Big Lebowski. You have It'll a be... tattoo on your face
1: or your butt cheek or somewhere. Well, in, in light of all that. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Go ahead. You didn't pick your Super Bowl winner. I, oh, the Ravens. Ravens over the Niners? Yes. Ooh. See, I didn't even think that far. The Chiefs or the Saints? Well, you got to pick. I'm going to go Saints.
0: Log it in. So you got the Saints before the playoffs winning or before the playoffs begin. The Saints are going to win it all. I say the Ravens are going to win it all. All right. So we can't even pick the same conference. We did so well starting out. We picked all the wild card games. And we were in alignment. We, and then we got to the second round and and you just fell apart. You went You went the way of the insanity. No, it's the right way.
1: No, you're you're completely wrong. You can follow me to freedom. It's not too late.
0: (laughs) All right, Charlie Steiner, Follow me to freedom. (laughs) Speaking of uh, freedoms and and whatnots, I don't know how that translates, but I'm going to act like it does. All right. It's 2020. Do you have any New Year's resolutions?
1: I don't personally believe in just making resolutions because it's the new year. Uh, I'm a firm believer in self-development all year long. And just because it's January 1st, you know what I mean? Oh, now I needed to be better. Right, so <laughs> you I don't, didn't get a gym membership. No, I have one, I just don't use it all year long. <laughs> well, you do have a broken freaking neck, yeah, so uh, I mean, I do have some things I want to focus on, but it's not because of the new year. So, obviously, once my broken neck is healed, I want to, you know, f- focus on my health, get back in the gym, stay healthier, do some more hiking, just things with the kids, just be more active. Because, I mean, let's be real, if you drop some weight, it's healthier on everything in your body, absolutely. So, I want to do that. I think sometimes the world moves so fast that we don't enjoy the little moments as much as we should.
0: I, my new year's resolution is to have my family and my kids enjoy moments without an iPhone in their hand. That's perfect. Be able to enjoy the moment, live in it, not have to record it to remember it, but be able to remove yourself from reality for a brief second and just live in the moment.
1: No, that's good.
0: And if we can do that. That and and make millions of dollars doing this podcast.
1: No, that'd be great. I mean, <laughs> me and mom talked about that actually yesterday about the 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 technology and how everyone's always got it in their hands and like you said, you feel you feel like you got to have that to record it when you know, what happened? Just good old fashioned memories and enjoying it like we did as kids.
0: I know, right? I mean, it, it's, it's, I was watching the New Year's Eve countdown in New York City, and every time they would walk by on TV,
1: everybody on the guardrail had their phones out. Yeah. It's all they could do. I, I don't know. I have two more things. All right. All right. So, and I think this is, not, I mean, just, just for me, like I said, it ain't cause of New Year's, it's just cause I want to do better at it. Um, I feel like everybody should do this too, though, but be a better listener everyone's always talking and having conversations. And I feel like a ton of people, they don't even listen to what the person's saying. They're already formulating what the response is going to be. And they're not even listening what the person's currently saying. So be a better listener, right? All of us. I agree with that. Um, and then hand in hand with Mr. Rogers, <laughs> we could all be a little more selfless. That movie did move you. It did. And I, f- I feel like, we always we're always worried about our own agenda to an extent. I got I know you got your family. We all got our families, and, our, and I mean a marriage or whatever. But at a certain extent, we're always worried. We're worried about ourselves a little bit. So, Selfish, yeah. So be a little more selfless, not just with your family, but just even a stranger or acquaintances.
0: So you know, one of the things growing up and and, and working in a world where I've had to be a leader. You know, we we talked about servant leadership, and it's doing something for others at the expense of yourself. Right. And and even in a career, you can do that. And while it's not always convenient, it does typically work out in the long term. And for the most important aspect of it, it does give you a feeling of satisfaction knowing that you sacrifice for the sake of others. Right. And whether it's in in your job, in your personal life, or whatever. Man, there ain't nothing wrong with, with giving up a little love to somebody so they can get something that maybe they couldn't get on their own because you sacrificed for them. So I admire those words, and I think it is a good way to start the year 2020 because we know by two weeks from now, we'll be talking about how it's the worst year ever. We'll try to stay positive. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in next week. We're going to have Joe Madden, the handicap uh, expert, She's from where? South Wales, Australia? That's correct. Something like that. Uh, she's got a pretty big following on Instagram. And, you know, we're gonna see how we kind of stacked up against her when it comes to NFL picks. And I'm not locking in my playoff picks in Stone, but we can remember this recording and have it written down. I, I reserve the right to change my mind next week. Bill's Mafia! Now, if Bill's Mafia wins, Bill's dad will be back on the show. And we might even have a former Bill's player, a special guest, who couldn't make it tonight because of other commitments. But he's already confirmed he would be available next week if the Bills win. So, fingers crossed, Bill's Mafia. We hope you go down into the heart of Texas and come out with a W. That'll wrap up the first show of 2020. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay classy. (laughs) San Diego.